Welcome to the Who's on the Move SC podcast. I am your host, Alan Cooper. Today, we are going to be speaking with the president of the South Carolina Governor's School for Science and Mathematics, Danny Dorsal. We will refer to the school as GSSM. Danny was appointed as president of the school in the summer of 2021. His ties to the school run deep as he is a member of the school's first graduating class in 1990. That graduating class consisted of 128 students. Today, through its various programs, GSSM serves over 4,000 students across the state. GSSM is one of the few specialized public residential high schools of its kind in the nation. Founded in 1988 under the leadership of the late Governor Carol Campbell, GSSM has consistently raised the bar for STEM education in South Carolina. Danny, give us an overview of the South Carolina Governor's School for Science and Mathematics. It's a, a high school that serves the state of South Carolina uh, residentially, but we also have a number of programs that serve uh, students all the way down to third grade as well across the state. Tell us about your education and background, your journey to being a member of that first graduating class of GSSM. So I uh, was raised in North, Ca North Carolina, uh, but moved to South Carolina right before high school and went to West Florence in Florence, South Carolina. And when this school opened up, it was in 1988, uh, one of my math teachers uh, suggested that to my mom that I look into going because I was a pain in her class. I talked too much. And uh, I do think she had the best interest in for me uh, out. And so we applied and uh, it was accepted. And so I was into that in the first class. So we opened the doors here in 1988. So I graduated in 1990. From here, I went to the University of South Carolina in the Honors College and graduated there with a degree in mechanical engineering. Uh, I took a year off before graduate school to do some volunteer teaching uh, with an organization. So I did that for a year. Uh, and then went to Virginia Tech and got a master's in environmental engineering from Virginia Tech. And from there worked at PricewaterhouseCoopers uh, in Charlotte as a consultant and then got the call for education. That was not my plan to begin with, that's for sure. Uh, and then uh, my first teaching position was in Hilton Head at a uh, junior high, high school there. And then I went to uh, high school in um, Columbia, South Carolina. Uh, for a couple years and from there went to Atlanta and was a principal of a high school in Atlanta for six years. And then uh, a position here at the Governor's School came open 10 years ago as the Vice President for Academic Affairs. And so I, I took it or I applied for it and, and was offered and took it uh, and came back. And uh, as of this past summer, um, our president's position was open. I applied for it and was offered the position. What are some of your memories of that first graduating class? So in 1988, when the doors opened first, we serve a 11th and 12th grade population uh, residentially. Uh, that first class was just 11th graders, and that's our, still our only entry point into the residential program is 11th grade. So we had a, a, about 72 students, I believe it was, from across the state. Uh, it's all an application-based process. So, you know, for a 15-year-old, I was going through what is the equivalent of a college application process. So that was a bit nerve-wracking. We had to do interviews. We had to write essays. We had to get teacher recommendations. Um, 
and I do remember some of my best friends actually being in my little interview group. I uh, was in a wedding and he was in my wedding of, of one of the guys that was in that interview group. And so um, what was really unique about that was there was not a lot of rules or understanding of how this type of school is going to operate. They obviously had great educators. Dr. Cox was our first president. Um, and so they had lots of pieces in place, but we were really pioneers on how is this school going to operate in South Carolina. There's about 12 or 13 schools like ours in the country. Uh, the North Carolina school was one of the first, and so ours was modeled after theirs. I believe theirs was started in 82. And so we had a good example of how to, to make this work, but we weren't going to replicate it completely what they did. And so our first class really um, created the handbook, the first student handbook, um, and as, as well as what are some of the other programs that are, have now been lasting for over 30 years, a, a research program that we do, a community service program, um, part of our graduation requirements that we do, an interim experience between like a J-term between our two semesters. And so um, that was really unique. You don't get many opportunities to start uh, something that is as impactful and lasting as the Governor's School has been. Danny, give us a brief history of the Governor's School and a few of the major milestones over the years. So the Governor's School again opened up its residential doors in 1988 and it started as a residential school for 11th and 12th graders to serve the state, the most talented students across the state. Uh, that same year, 1988, we started a foundation. Uh, so we were publicly funded, but we do do a lot of other things that need private funding. And oftentimes, if we have a, a new idea, a new program, we'll do a private partnership first and then move it into the public funding uh, part of it. So in 1988, those two things started. In 98, 10 years later, we started a educational outreach program. Uh, that is is vast right now and it serves kids all the way down to third grade all the way up through uh, teachers and so in, in 98 we started doing camps we started doing day experiences weekend experiences summer programs year-round programs that were outside of the residential program and then in 2000 and we started on Coker College's campus as well uh, it was a great partnership with Coker, and uh, so I, we lived in the dorms that, that were adjacent to uh, the college dorms. We went to the classrooms, used their labs, uh, the dining hall, everything was shared. In 2003, we moved to our own campus, um, and in 2010, that campus was fully built. Uh, and one reason to move was we wanted to expand our impact. And so at Coker, we were limited to to 128 students in the junior and senior class. The new campus houses now 288 students. So we've more than doubled our capacity uh, for the residential program. And so in 2010, we, we were completed. And in 2012, we started admitting the, the new students. Uh, and now we're fully grown to 288 students. In 2013, we started a virtual engineering program. And that virtual engineering program is a partnership with over 20 schools across the state right now. And the idea is we'll teach part of their 10th, 11th, and 12th grade year. And after they're completed with that, they potentially could have a first year of engineering curriculum under their belt. And so they could go to one of our engineering programs in the state, the Citadel, SC State, Clemson, or USC, and potentially move into an engineering program as a sophomore. 
And so it was the idea was how do we create the next level, or how do we help create the next level of engineers uh, for our state? Um, and that, that program has continued to grow. It's called Accelerate. Uh, and again, we're partnering with over 20 schools across the state. Um, and then just recently coming out of the pandemic, we took what was, was good about it, which was we taught online live synchronous classes online really, really well um, with our whole student body for a part of that time. And so we've created now a online diploma program. And so that's called STEM Foundations, where students apply to us, but they might not want to leave home. They might not want to come residentially, but they meet all the requirements to do so. So they will be admitted to us as a govy and remain at home and complete their last two years of high school at home. What is uniquely different about a governor's school education? So our mission uh, all along, over the 30 years that we've been uh, in existence, is to seek out and the most motivated and talented students across the state and move them forward. So that, again, started with 11th and 12th graders. So we sought out those kids across the state who had either tapped out the, the classes at their own school or uh, you know it wasn't as, as challenging or as rigorous as, as uh, they would like or were capable of. And so our unique difference is to gather those students into one place and with, the, with what we have is the college, almost college level, or they are college level professors, about 80 to 90% of them have PhDs, and they either came from college or that was their plan, and for one reason or another, they didn't want to do the research or whatever, whatever it might be, they were attracted to a school like ours. And so you get these talented educators together with a bunch of talented students who want to learn and that's the secret sauce of moving that group forward. We don't rank, uh, so the, the lack, there's not, we have competitive kids by no doubt, but they're not competitive at the detriment of each other. They are very much so in, in helping each other. And I can even remember when I was here, um, you know, I, I did not like a, a lot of work hanging over my head. So on Friday night, I would oftentimes do my physics lab. And Saturday or Sunday afternoons, the other classmates would come and say, Danny, you know, how, how'd you do this? How'd you do that? Um, and so it was, easy, uh, it was easy to help each other out. Um, and again, because you weren't fighting for points or anything. And you live here, uh, so home is above us right here. The kids live right above me. Um, and, the, and you go to school and you work together. And so that bonding of similar uh, like-minded students with, again, the support system, especially from our teachers, um, is, is what really is unique about us. Um, on paper, you know, what, what, if you compare schools, uh, most of our foundational courses are the AP level, uh, the advanced placement level, so almost half of our classes are above AP, so they're freshman or sophomore level college courses. Um, we're also on a college model so that the classes are taught three hours a week. And if you're taking a lab, that's an additional two or three hours of a, of a concentrated lab. Uh, we're just about to hit exam week. Uh, and so that's five days of three hour exam blocks. Um, so it's, a, it, it's intensive. Uh, the, so that, you know, and speaking from experience again, the, the transition from here to college is, is almost non-existent as far as the academics, as far as learning how to live away from home. Uh, the biggest thing is you don't have room check in college. Uh, I know many parents would still like their children to have room check in college, but uh, that's, the, that's probably the biggest difference from here and in college. 
You have been on the job now for six months. What does strategy look like over the next several years? So looking ahead, we don't want to lose who we are in the past. And so just as a reminder uh, for us, and I constantly talk about it, is we started with 128 students in a residential program, 11th and 12th grade. Today, we serve over 4,000 students across the state. And again, that is our residential program, which is now 288, our virtual engineering program, uh, which is the Accelerate program, our STEM Foundations program, and then all these other educational outreach programs. So it's 128 to 4,000. There is no reason in the next 10, 15 years that that can't continue to double. Um, and that is, for me, a major goal is how does this institution, how does what we do and what we have done so well for so many years, how can we make that available and more accessible to more students? And so one of our big uh, initiatives is, is diversity and accessibility. And so how do we uh, find the students across the state, meet them where they are, and it might be that our residential program is right for them. It might be that our virtual engineering program is right for them or our virtual online program is right for them or one of our camps or one of our educational experiences is right for them. But how do we have more of an impact across the state is our major goal. So uh, a big part of that is master planning for our campus. We have a beautiful campus. Uh, that again opened, finished in 2010. So we're, we still, I think, are pretty new as far as a building is concerned, but we have outgrown our building already and we need more space to bring more people in. What other metrics are important to you to make sure that you are delivering on your mission? So some other things that we track in order to know whether we're completing our mission or not is where do they, where do the students go after here? You know, we are not the, the, the final stage for anybody, definitely in education or in their jobs or anything like that. And so uh, we always, you know, we keep track of where everyone goes. We have over 2,600 alumni across the, the country. Um, and as, as our state has provided wonderful opportunities financially for students to, to stay in state, we've seen our numbers go from about half of the students staying in state to about 65% of the students staying in state. Uh, and it's, it's wonderful. Our, our universities are, are fantastic. Uh, and I think our students are contributing to that. Um, we also track, you know, what do they do after they, their undergraduate? Because, you know, our, our, that oftentimes is not enough depending on what field you're trying to go into. And so we probably have, you know, in a given uh, years, it's, you know, 70 or 80% of those students who finish their undergrad are going on to a graduate degree program as well. Um, I'm, I'm our oldest alum, one of, one of our oldest alums in the first class. And, uh, you know, so we are seeing that return on investment of, of, of alums coming back into the state uh, contributing in one way or another. Um, we would like to see more of them coming back with companies that would um, increase the, the job opportunities um, for those in the state. Uh, and I think we'll see that in the next 10 years. I think we'll see more people, in, as more alums, uh, having the, uh, the resources uh, and the desire to come back to, a, to the state where they grew up. Danny, I am curious about why you decided to leave the private sector and go into education. So what drew me to education um, was the desire to make an impact. Um, so from here, 
I did mechanical engineering because I was, I was decent at math. And that was the application of math. I realized I was not very mechanically inclined, as you can ask my wife. Um, I, do, I, do, I don't fix things at home very well. Uh, I break things more easily. Um, and, and so from mechanical engineering, I went to environmental engineering, thinking, all right, well, that's the way to impact the world a little bit more. And I, I did, did fine at Virginia Tech, and it was a great program, uh, but I just realized it wasn't for me, and did, again, some consulting for a couple years, and, uh, but eventually got that call and I really think educators, that's exactly what they get, is they get a call somehow, something deep inside says, this is for me, because it's not an easy task, and it's oftentimes financially not the, the, the most rewarding of, of, uh, of occupations, but it is a mission, a call, whatever you want to call it, um, as you know every single day you walk into that building, that schoolroom, that classroom, that you have the potential to impact the, the, the future. And not every job has that. Um, every job should have a mission, but you know the mission that really drives me is impacting those students who will be our future. And I realized the benefit that I had from all my teachers and all my schools, but in particularly this school. Um, I can tell you it was not my goal as I walked across the graduation stage to come back and work at the governor's school. You know, most people, when they leave high school, they're like, I'm done with high school, see you later. Um, and, you know, so that was not my ultimate goal, but, you know, things happen for a reason. And uh, I found myself uh, with the opportunity to come back here at the right time in my life, in my family's life. And uh, it has worked out fantastic. And the past six months as the, as the president of the school has just been a joy. Uh, it's a true blessing. Uh, to, to work at uh, a place that was so impactful, um, you know, so transformative uh, for me, and, uh, and to now lead that transformation uh, for others is, is pretty special. Maybe to wrap up, tell us a little about how parents and students who might be considering a governor's school education can find more information and possible first steps to applying. Also, maybe how can individuals and businesses interact with GSSM? As you can hopefully see, I love talking about this school. It, again, has been so impactful in my life. My brother actually came here six years after I did. He's an attorney now down in Charleston. So our family has definitely been impacted by this school. And, and hopefully you've learned all the different ways that we can reach out and impact students across the state. If any of those interest you, I, I invite you to look at our website. Um, again, just Google South Carolina Governor School for Science and Math and you'll see all the different opportunities. Um, our application, as I mentioned, for our residential program, our virtual engineering program, and our STEM foundations program is the online the program is still open. We'll close those about mid-February and start the application review. And so all the application uh, uh, material is on the website. Um, if you're not a student and you're just interested in this type of school and what we can do, uh, we have plenty of opportunities for companies and businesses and educational uh, institutions to partner with us. Uh, we wouldn't be able to do what we do without those partnerships. And so if that's a potential interest for you, please uh, reach out to me directly. My contact information is on the webpage.